Welcome to Unraveled Podcast. I'm Bridget. And I'm Mackenzie. This is the place where we unravel all the things on our hearts. Laughter, tears, and real talk are all invited. Here we go. Happy Happy Tuesday. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) So funny. Let's discern who should speak first. (laughs) Just kidding. Oh, I'm laughing because on my way down the steps, Johnny was like, I don't know what you guys are talking about tonight, but you should consider changing the topic to giving our children up for adoption. (laughs) One of them was screaming, crying, fighting bedtime, and the other one was screaming to wear his dinosaur Halloween costume from last year (laughs) to bed. And it's like, you can't make this stuff up. I swear to you, this is the true story. Colby was screaming that he wanted to wear a full bodysuit dinosaur costume to bed. And then Grace was just crying for no reason. Both of them in unison. I hate when they're both crying. I know. It just, it's a lot on the soul, but it's I will so say heavy. I've gotten better with my patience. I have too. And I'm just these kids. I'm learning so much. My second one just turned two, as you know. So I know. How and was Granny's birthday? It was great. Nothing special. We just ordered a cake, you know. And she, oh, the second born is always the second born, the forgotten. But Honestly, she is so I, hard. She is like she is my tough cookie. And and my mom when she visited, she's like, well, that's exactly how you were. I'm like, thanks. I don't know why they always feel like they have to tell you how bad you were as a kid. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. the the grandma the grandma Just comments are always the best. Something. They're the best. But yeah, her tantrums are out of this world. So she would be screaming about a dinosaur thing herself. But I I just see Franny's pictures and I'm like, you are an angel in my mind. She's she's like um, two faced. Um, What's it called? (laughs) What's the Sour Patch Kids? She's so sweet. So, so, so gentle. So loving. And then when she doesn't get her way. Oh, you better run. You better better run. Oh, this makes me feel better, sis. Because sometimes I'm like, are my kids Jekyll and Hyde? Because (laughs) it's like, it has to be a hormonal thing because Colby will go from screaming bloody murder about Mm -hmm. his dinosaurs or something (laughs) to like, I'm so sorry, mom. And like over and giving me a kiss. And I'm like, okay, like this is not real. And when they say sorry, you're like, wait, we really are saying sorry. Yes. Wow. Okay. I'm doing something. Something. (laughs) And then at some point you're like, you just wear the damn dinosaur outfit. Oh, I would have. I got to a point where I would have let him. I was getting so close to putting that outfit on him, and I was, I was like getting worried. I'm like, tonight is podcast night. I will not reschedule podcast night again. <laughs> not our favorite night. Not our favorite night of the week. I know. So anyway, sis, without further ado, would you like to um, introduce the topic for tonight to everybody? Yes, yes, I would love to. Um, well, you guys. Bridget and I have been really deep diving into the discernment of spirits, I would say for a few years now, but I've heard so many different, um, you know, names for this. It comes from St. Ignatius. And the first time I heard about it, it was just the nightly examine. Um, And it's where you go to bed and you go through your day and you try and see your stinking thinking patterns and the things you fall into, the traps of every day. And you try and quite literally discern what is of God and what is not and kind of try and grow in that area of your life so that you can make those decisions so clearly and so 
purely. And gosh, once you know this, B and I talk about this all the time. Wow, my eyes are open. Mm -hmm. Like how many times in my life have I just done something to do something without actually contemplating Mm -hmm. and praying before acting and too many times. And now I, we, neither of us can stop really wanting to learn more about this. Yeah. And we definitely want to make it clear. We're, we're no experts here and we, but we're so interested in this topic that tonight is just, um, an intro discussion on what we've been learning about the discernment of spirits and how we've been like putting it into practice in our own lives. But then we hope to continue more episodes of this because we've heard from others too, that they're very interested in the discernment of spirits. Um, so, I mean, we've looked up a couple definitions, but one of the ones that we found um, was um, the discernment of spirits is comprised of a number of rules um, that was made up by St. Ignatius, I think in 14th century, 15th century, maybe. Um, and it's rules for becoming aware and understanding to some extent the different movements which are caused in the soul, the good to receive them and the bad to reject them. So like Ken said, it's like you can examine your day and find out like the daily details of like what was of God and what was not. But then on a larger scale, you can use these rules in your life to discern a job or a move or even what to post on Instagram. You know, Mm -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. this, these rules of life have become so intriguing to me because it almost takes the burden away from you having to make a decision on your own. You can actually pray and discern and make that decision with God. Yeah, absolutely. And gosh, if we all just did it, and I'm speaking to myself here, did this, practiced this moment to moment, could you imagine our days, what they would look like? Exactly. There are, I think there's 14 of them. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, 14 rules. We won't get into all of them. We'll probably just touch on a few, but so many saints have referenced these rules um, and priests and scholars. But I think now more than ever, because we are faced with these times that all of us are, you know, experiencing, there's so much spiritual warfare out there, whether you're talking about, you know, COVID or politics um, or division, um, there's so much kind of like friction right now between good and evil, Mm -hmm. you know, right and wrong. And how do we discern what is right and wrong? So that's kind of why we decided, okay, now is a perfect time to start to dive into this because the reality that that we're in right now is that we need to discern every decision, you know, before just running out and and getting something just because everybody else is or, Mm -hmm. you know, making a decision with our kids and schools and everything um, basically on a whim. And in these rules that we're going to go into, Ignatius talks about, I think it's like rule five or something like that. He says like, never make a decision in a in a moment of like rashness. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so anyways, we'll, we'll jump into that later in the episode, but Basically, we wanted to start this discussion now because we have been using these rules in our own life and just mm-hmm. contemplating them. Um, 
So the first rule, um, in the persons who go from mortal sin to mortal sin, the enemy is commonly used to propose to them apparent pleasures, making them imagine sensual delights and pleasures in order to hold them more and make them grow in their vices and their sins. In these persons, the good spirit uses the opposite method. Okay, this is the part that tripped both of us up. Mm -hmm. In these persons, the good spirit uses the opposite method, pricking them and biting their consciences through the process of reason. So I don't know about you, but I literally, as I read these, I imagine like the cartoon with like the good mm-hmm. angel on one side and then like the devil cartoon on the other side. And like they're they're trying to battle for for right and wrong in your mind. But what I thought was cool about this was at first I'm like, wait, the good spirit is the one pricking you. But I think what that means is like when any of us have grown deeper in spirituality and I just had a recent kind of example of this in my life where I had, we, we just went on a family vacation and it was both sides of our family. <laughs> so it was a lot of personalities. Mm-hmm. And I just remember getting like frustrated with like kind of the same situation that kept coming up. Like it was like a five day vacation and there were just a couple things that were kind of just like bugging me and Johnny. And, um, and I kept being frustrated with it. But then at the end of the day, like you're saying with examining your conscience, I almost felt bad. I'm like, well, that's not a big enough deal to be annoyed. Like I should just have let that go. You know what I mean? Right. And, and it's the pricking that, that he's talking about, about in that rule number one, where, you know, if something isn't of God and it is um, taking up space in your mind, you know, the good spirits that you have, that we have in all of us who are, who are trying to live in, in the right way, they're going to start to nag you and say like, come on, Bridget, like that, that has no place in your mind right. or, or that, that mood has no place in you, you know, kind mm-hmm. of like get rid of that. Mm-hmm. But if your conscience is informed, um, you run the risk of continuing to have those patterns in your life and to never changing those patterns because you come apathetic and, and there's no right. pricking going on. There's no good spirit pricking you on the shoulder because you haven't welcomed that into your life. And so. Absolutely. Yeah. What a good example. And Father um, Timothy Gallagher, he talks a lot about this, but something he opened my eyes to is that with that biting, um, that the devil does, that the evil spirit also does, he doesn't try to lead us to sin. Like you think automatically the evil one, when someone is open to change and and trying to grow in holiness, the evil spirit can't just like try and lead us to sin at first. He tries to upset us, which is Mm -hmm. exactly what B was just saying Mm -hmm. in, in this um, scenario. He'll upset you with like, oh, I know this will bother her because he knows us so well, which is scary. He is so clever. And he like what bothers bridge will not bother me. And he knows exactly which specific thing to use on each. And it reminds me be of our favorite book that we always reference um, screw tape letters, because it's as if we are given a specific I hate to say demon, a specific evil um, to disrupt us. And it's all that disruption that comes 100%. I have literally thought of screw tape letters so much recently um, to the point where I'm like, I want to do a post on like, if 
C.S. Lewis lived in these times, what would his, because he wrote articles like screw tape letters were these fictitious articles that Mm -hmm. he would publish every week in, in the newspaper. And they became so popular that they compiled them to a book. But I'm like, what if he lived during these times? What would those scenarios read of like family members interacting with each other about, Mm -hmm. you know, everything that we're, we're experiencing with this, with this virus and who's deciding what make, making which decision and let's judge this person or that person for not making the same decision. I mean, the devil is so at at work. work. Yeah. He's at work. And it makes me think absolutely of screw tape letters. And if anyone listening hasn't read that book, I can't even recommend enough, like run, don't walk to get that book because it's fiction. But when you read it, it's so freaky how realistic it is. Um, Because C.S. Lewis uses um, examples that all of us have had in our life. Like like he even has a chapter, I think, about a family vacation. And and they're all fighting about where to go to dinner. And each person in Screwtape Letters, like Ken said, is assigned this like demon, right? That their job is to make sure they don't make it to heaven, which is so creepy. But um, but it stays with you, that image, after you read this book, even mm-hmm. though it's fiction, you're like, I'm not going to let this evil win over my life. But um, Right. And if you're already in that like path, like, like I'm sure everyone listening to this too, like, I want to become a saint. I want to grow in holiness. I want to feel God's peace in my life. Like, he can't just throw us like, let me just tempt her with the sin that she's worked so hard, you know, mm-hmm, at mm-hmm. Um, giving up and she's been clean of for years, but he will literally remove the peace you used to feel in striving t- for God's love. And even last week, and I have another example, I was at mass with my kids and um, Franny was having a hard time and like, you know, whatever it was, I think she didn't like, I didn't open the snack the proper way. It could have literally been that small. Oh my gosh. All I remember, you know, <laughs> all the specificity. <laughs> yes. And so I had to walk out with her actually Colin did, but I could still hear her yelling outside of the chapel. So I of course walked out and I remember coming back in and just sitting and sulking in the pew. First mm-hmm. of all, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not going to kneel because I'm so pregnant and I'm hardly listening. And then this, this, this narrative just creeps in your head. And if I, and if you, and if everyone who, you know, goes to mass, like if we are not on when daily, like if, if we're not on it, like no matter what I feel today, no matter how, um, the evil one wants to come in and disrupt this mess, I will always be in this pew. I will always Mm-hmm. you know, strive for God. It's like, it's a fight and it's a beautiful fight. It really is because yes. I think God gives you the graces afterwards, but you're not going to feel all the goodness all the time, especially when you're striving. 100%. He will only try and disrupt your peace and joy mm-hmm. constantly. And I think that's the growth in the weirdest way. Like, did I get yes. anything out of mass last week that I should have? No, I did not honestly. Yeah. And I wish yeah. I had. Yeah. However, I, I do know he will give us graces for those moments. And I think you're you're right that there are always like in the day to day, and this is why we're talking about this, guys. This is why we love this act of the discernment of spirits because even like like 
you're right. Mass is, is a battle sometimes, especially with kids. But even if you don't have kids, like even concentrating yes. or questioning or even doubt before. or whatever comes in, like there's always going to be temptation to, you know, distract yourself from diving deeper into prayer because mm-hmm. the devil only wants one thing and that is to separate you from God. And so if he can do it in any way, shape or form with tiredness, with laziness, with, mm-hmm. with apathy, like anything, he's going to do everything in his power to do that. And, but it's even goes beyond mass. It's to me, and this has become so clear to me with my recent, you know, transition to um, like mm-hmm. leaving my job and being at home. It's even during the day. I mean, like there are battles throughout the day that oh, if yeah. we are not like armored with, um, with all of these things and, and even just armored with awareness of, of the spirits that we're talking about, then you can easily slide into a negative moment or a negative mm-hmm. thought. And one second before you had all this creative energy and you're like, right. I'm going to seize this day. I have 10 things on my list. I'm going to conquer them. And I'm so excited to, to do them. And, um, and then a thought comes in of like, well, what if I don't do it right? Why should I even go there? Or, or why don't I just do the laundry today? Why do I need to do that passion project that I had on my heart when that might've been what the very thing that we were meant to do that day? So there's always going to be that temptation and that other voice that's going to be in our heads saying, you know, disrupt your peace, you know, get her away from where she's meant to be. And Mm -hmm. so I think these, the discernment of spirits and these rules talk about basically if you follow these, you will remain in a peaceful place. And so I guess we'll continue on, but basically when you follow these and when you dive deeper into them, the purpose of them is, is basically to allow you to never lose your peace. Right. And, and just to be aware, like into always in that moment that B is talking about, I understand right now that this is from the enemy and I yeah. must reject it and not believe this enemy because his attempt is always to sadden us and break us down. And so, you know, there's good sadness, by the way, there's healthy sadness, like death of a loved one or just like, you know, stuff in your day to day. The human heart is very sensitive. Like, you know, mm-hmm. you want to feel things. That's not mm-hmm. what, that's not what we mean. But this, like, there's this also heaviness that comes over you about yeah. like what I'm doing in my day to day. Like, oh gosh, I have to, you know, go to this job I don't like or, or serve my family yeah. or, you know, do these things that should be bringing you joy and you just mm-hmm. can't accept it. And you have to pray in that moment and in almost moment. renounce it. Like yes, we talk about yes. renouncing mm-hmm. because that's his classic, you know, tactic. And he'll, he'll want you to not pray in that moment. And how many times do we not go to prayer in those moments. Like I think of my like hardest moments, my most difficult, whether it's physically like, you know, us working hard at something like physical work or, you know, like labor or something. And then the moments of like mental toughness of, um, you know, am I going to make it through the day or am I so exhausted? I'm just going to ignore my children, you know? And it's in those moments. Wow. Why can't we just turn to God? Like that is the, that's the crux. Like that's like, Holy Spirit, please come with me on this journey. I cannot do it alone. I wish mm-hmm. that I prayed like that for years before because I would have saved myself so much, you know, grief and 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 struggle, truly. Right. And in the bigger picture, like there's the tiny battles that that these um these rules of life can totally get you through. But in the bigger picture too, it's like when I think back to my younger self, 
there was very little discernment in my life. Mm -hmm. I just, I took any job that came before me. I took any move, any situation, any guy, any date, like there was no discernment. And I look back on, there were moments of like a hot mess life. Right. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. I'm not surprised it was a hot mess because there was very, very little discernment. I'm not even quite sure I knew what that word meant. No, so not truly, yeah, me either. <laughs> Anyways, moving on to um, yeah. second, the second rule. Do you want to um, read the second totally. rule? Totally. The second rule is in persons who are going on intensely purifying their sins and rising from good to better in the service of God our Lord, the method is c- contrary to that of the first rule. For then it is proper to the evil spirit to bite, sadden, and place obstacles, disquieting with false reasons, so that the person may not go forward. And it is proper to the good spirit to give courage and strength, consolations, tears, inspirations, and quiet, easing and taking away all obstacles, so that the person may go forward in doing good. I wow. love that. I love that second rule. <sighs> It's so beautifully um, written and it's so funny be how it's opposite, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like you're almost at a place. I talked with B, you guys about this before. It almost feels like these are levels and I don't want to look at them like you've made it to the third rule. Now you're getting better. It's not kind of what I mean. I just mean you're kind of learning so much yes. that you can understand deeper what what is coming at you, I guess, is yes. the best way I could say it. I don't know. What do you think? Well, I think that um, it's almost like once you have the awareness that there is, that there are good and evil spirits at work in our lives, you know, um, and there is going to be constantly that, that push and pull forever until we, until we leave this earth, honestly, there will always be that, that, um, um, that conflict. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think with this second rule, why it's so beautiful is the first one is kind of like base level. Like if you have no awareness of spirituality and you are Mm -hmm. just like deep in, in struggle and sin, um, the enemy is going to do one thing, but then there will be that, that also that presence of good that will ping you and say, Hey, come out of this if you can. But then when you rise deeper to the second rule, like you're talking about, it's more of, um, the second rule really honestly makes me think about what what Johnny and I have been talking about a lot, which is, you know, when you start to pray deeper to ask mm-hmm. God what your call and your purpose is, which is what this whole podcast is about, you're going to start to get answers. And those answers are mm-hmm. going to become clearer and clearer to you. And then it gets scary because once God has given you the answer, Hey, Mackenzie, you're meant to do this. Bridget, you're meant to do this. Go do it. Then it's go time. And you that can't say no. Exactly. And that is when the spirits are going to come in. That's almost like when the bell rings and the wrestling match starts and you have a choice. You know, it, are, is the good in your life going to triumph in this moment, whether it's a passion project or a business or like Johnny going to grad school? Are you going to let your courage, strength, and consolation take the lead? Or are you going to let doubt, fear, worry, everything that is not from a good spirit consume you? And and I have to say, like in my own life with these new um, 
ventures to to stop kind of working for people and work for myself, it's almost like a day-to-day thing. Like one day I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm on fire. I've got this. And then the next day you give you give that evil spirit, that bad spirit one inch and they take a mile. And the rest of the day you're like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? I'm a fail. Like I have no idea what I'm doing. I can't even make a website. Like wh- who who's entrusting me with this, you know? Right. But then you almost call yourself out and you're like, no, no, no. Like this is, I know what this is. I know what's at play here. And like you said, I have to renounce it right away or it will take the rest of the day over. And I think you just hit the nail on the head, B, because in the first rule, it's a lot of living life, yada yada probably you and I in high school and college and then here it's an action you're constantly making a choice Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that's what you do every day like you can't the like you said the good spirit is so loud now in your life that you cannot you cannot fathom ignoring it yeah even if it's a hard choice even if it's a risk even if it Mm -hmm. might not um, pay dividends today you still have to, and that's the action. That's the move. We're moving towards the light. We're, mm-hmm. you know, going towards God. It's, it's, it's beautiful. So it's like, it becomes a thing. And I love those examples you gave because it's a day-to-day choice and mm-hmm. it's almost harder. I don't want to say the cr- closer you get to God, but yes, yeah, the more you grow, it, it does get harder. There is no, I think we used to think and everyone who listens to priests speak and these people that are so elevated in the most beautiful way, you just can't help. You're just so drawn to them. Mm-hmm. You think, oh, they have it so good because they're so holy and joyful. Oh, no, no, no. That is when the work comes. I think they work the hardest. And, and going back to um, the reference of um, of screw tape letters, I it always is like piercing in my mind the last paragraph of that book. Um is something to the effect of the the last scene of the book are these fictitious demons all at dinner together and and the head devil mm. is is at the head of the table and he's instructing them on you know how to move forward with best practices um, as as a demon, and one of the last pieces of advice that he gives everyone at the table is, you know, the most glorified pursuit that you will ever receive, the most the, the greatest accolade of of a demon would be to get the one who's closest to the altar. And so what he was instructing them is, is like, go for the holiest of holy leaders. And what are we seeing play out right now? Exactly. And we're seeing it in our church. We're seeing it in culture. But like you said, even on an individual basis, like I'm not going to act like I'm perfect. Like I've noticed and Johnny's noticed and, and even in our marriage and talking to priests, like you said, priest friends, um, the moment you make a decision to be a better person, basically, Great. you yeah. immediately are going to be attacked in, in multiple ways, whether it's individually, in your marriage. I mean, the devil wants nothing more than to see somebody actively make the choice to be a good person. Mm. He's going to do whatever he can to bring you down, whether it's bring, bring doubt into your mind or um, like a host of different things. But we've felt 
both of us have felt it. We're like, oh my gosh, as soon like, you know, Johnny getting into grad school, he starts in a week and I just mm-hmm. see it all over his face. He's like, oh my gosh, I'm so stressed. I'm so nervous. I'm so worried. And, and what I've noticed is the beauty of community is we can look at each other and say, like, you can call out in another why are you stressed? Why are you worried? Mm. You you got in. Like you deserve this. And like let's talk out why you feel this way. And all of a sudden it's like the conversation shifts, the mood in the room shifts. And so, you know, everyone that. like you and I have talked about this. Everyone recently has been so obsessed with talking about manifesting and and all of this um, you know, modern forms of talking about spirituality. But And I think the one thing that is true of that discussion of the manifestation in your life and all that, and with discernment of spirits, what we're talking about is an acknowledgement of the spiritual realm. Like, yes, there is a spiritual realm. Yes, if you do think things in your mind, they will come to fruition. But we have to acknowledge that there's both good things and bad things that Mm. you can call into fruition. Oh, that's so true. And let's ask the Holy Spirit to come into the decision, not just, you know, the universe. Amen. So, which is what so many people do. And on that second rule, I cannot quit feeling this. Um, just I can keep, keep. I can't stop reading it. Is that the um, good Spirit? He gives courage and strength, but consolations and tears. Mm-hmm. And that was so beautiful to to kind of meditate on because. You know those moments in your life where maybe you're down in the dumps or you mm-hmm. had the worst situation possible. Mm-hmm. I can think of a moment in your life, B, and how the Holy Spirit came in. And and basically it's those moments of just like maybe deep sadness. And then the Holy Spirit gives you um, the gift of tears. And yeah. whether it's like, you know, a rainbow, like I, I've been watching um, Shawl's been talking about all these rainbows coming into her life, you know, Aww. because she lost her baby two yeah. years on Franny's birthday two years ago. Yeah. And he gives you us and it's, it's kind of like, Hey, I'm here with you yeah. in this because we're yes. supposed to suffer with him. We're supposed to unite it to the cross. And so those tears, I can name so many times where I cried instead of rejoiced in a moment because I felt so close to him. And, yeah. and one of the um, quotes that I've heard with this rule is when you just are with God and, and I've said it, I've heard you say it be, and you're just like, Lord, I do not care what it is that I do. Just tell me what to do and I will do it. Uh Whatever it is, I just want to do what you want me to do. And that's the total surrender and the spiritual consolation aspect because you feel so warm and at peace and whole and that nothing can disturb you, which is that whole, um, let nothing disturb you, uh, quote. Yeah. And, um, yeah, you're just the closest to God. And so those tears are good because you know, the Lord is with you in those moments. And I think, yeah. So anytime I pray the rosary in one of the meditations, um, actually it's the exact rosary meditation Johnny sent us be, um, with Mary walking with Mary through him. It's one of my favorites. And she Mm -hmm. says, please pray for the gift of tears. Yeah. We should all do that a little more because it makes us so closer to him and closer to our brothers and sisters who are going through a season of hardship because they're growing closer to God. Yeah. Well, I think that leads us perfectly into the third rule, which is spirit of consolation. Mm -hmm. So in the third rule, like you said, um, 
It calls consolation that when some interior movement in the soul is caused through which the soul comes to be inflamed with the love of its creator and Lord, and when it came in consequence, love no created thing on the face of the earth itself, but in the creator of them all. Likewise, when it sheds tears that move to love of its Lord, whether out of sorrow for one's sin or for the passion of Christ our Lord, or because of other things directly connected with his service and praise. Mm -hmm. Finally, I call consolation every increase of hope, faith, and charity, and all interior joy which calls and attracts to heavenly things and the salvation of one's soul, quieting it and giving it peace in its creator and Lord. Mm -hmm. And like you said, it like it really calls to mind this very pivotal moment in my life where um, actually I was given the discernment of spirits by a spiritual director um, who, who I still have. And he's this incredible man, um, just very in tune, but also a creative, like I've, I've told you about him so many times, Father Riley, like I just, I feel so sure that in some way, shape, or form, he'll someday be connected either on our podcast or mm -hmm. at our retreat. But he is such a, he is our cram box. Like he mm -hmm. left film school to become a priest. And I had been praying for a spiritual director for, for years and I couldn't find one, but it just was, it seemed like such a cool concept, but I, there was no one that just like fit my vibe or I would email a priest and he'd be like, I'm so sorry, I'm too busy. And so it just never worked out. And then I met this priest and, um, he was just, just super cool. Um, and we ended up having spiritual direction and I went in and he had like a candle lit and he had like, um, it was like incense and, and the whole vibe of the room was like, oh my gosh, the Holy Spirit is in this place. And he explained everything. He was like, I always light a candle in spiritual direction because mm. something about the flame, you know, uniting us to the Holy Spirit. And then I start, we started getting into a discussion of, of why I was there and what I wanted to talk about. And a lot of it had to do with this unrest in my soul about mm -hmm. my family life and my work life were just not in balance at all. And it was causing me so much just like interior distress, honestly. Mm -hmm. And so I started crying about it. And he just like so gently was like, sister, these tears are good. Like keep Aww. crying, sister. Like he was like, this is good. And then it just caused me to just pour. And, but I felt good. Like it wasn't, um, I wasn't sad. I wasn't upset. I felt very cleansed. And Terrifying. then, he, oh. yes. And he was like, your tears are a sign that you care. And like, he's like, you care about your kids. You care about your family. Like this means so much to you that it has brought you to tears. And, and so he was just saying that in any circumstance, like you said, whether you're crying with someone else or it's something in your own life that's brought you to tears, like those tears mean something and they are meant mm -hmm. to like cleanse us in that moment and comfort us. And, and that's exactly what happened to me in that instance. But, um, I agree with that. That's so good. And it can come in so many different forms. Be like for you in that moment, you were at this pinnacle. Like I have to make a decision about this. I'm mm -hmm. if there's an unrest and then there's moments of like habitual sin and that can be like in your mind or heart, like it might not be an action, but it's like something that can't 
it's just bothering you so much. And we've all had it like irritation after irritation. And to just like sit with that and say, like, God, please, can you take this away from me? Because I do care. Like you said, Father Riley said that, like, I care so much. I want you to take this cross Mm -hmm. and help me carry it. I I see that in the Our Lady Endure of Knots Novena. I can't do that one enough because I have so many knots, you know, like we all do. And I just can't stop untying them. And, and, but it's so purifying because just saying it out loud, what's, what's that unrest in your heart is so such a cleanse, cleansing moment for you. And so those tears like wash it and, and it's like washing Jesus's feet. Like Mary came, Mary Magdalene came to Jesus and literally cleansed his feet with her tears. There has to be some correlation with that. I mean, also one thing that's beautiful, and I don't know if you've experienced this in your pregnancy, but every (laughs) time I've ever been pregnant, like I almost in a weird way love it, but like anything makes me cry. Like a song, like a a flower that I drive by that's pretty. Like I just remember immediately like being drawn to tears. And I don't know, did that happen to you? Because I'm like- It's It's like beautiful. God is with you so closely, weirdly, because you're like carrying another, I don't know what it is, but it is so, everything feels deeper. (laughs) That's for sure. You feel everything so much more deeper. And it's a beautiful, I mean, people might joke about it and be like, oh my gosh, so emotional. But I'm like, no, I I think it's a beautiful gift that, um, and you see things clearly when you cry, sis, do you feel that? Like it, it, sometimes it's, irrational crying I'll, I'll be honest like sometimes I cry when I shouldn't be but there are moments of like no I know what I'm saying I know what I want I know what I desire I know what I'm working towards that's why I'm crying because I'm trying so hard to figure this out exactly so it becomes so clear and so, he, he meets us there and so I think it, it is does. a beautiful moment and no wonder it is a part of this whole process of the discernment of spirits because mm-hmm. we that is a spiritual experience to cry yes you know? because it, it's almost like you are so you are you are allowing yourself to be so vulnerable and so yeah. broken in a beautiful way that that is when the peace floods in you know mm-hmm. when you allow it instead of the anger which is a totally opposite you know mm-hmm. reaction it's almost like we pray for that reaction to cry so right. we don't have that reaction of anger because you're so quick to also like you think of your husband and and you're just like being this like gift of marriage when we come Absolutely. so humbly and vulnerably to each other like i just think that our jobs as in marriage are you know to get the other to heaven and so i think there's something special about that too and i i've seen that in our marriage just grow um as we've offered you know that to god and like tried to unite any suffering anything to him it's like then then you get this feeling instead of like I'm mad at you. It's like no, absolutely about it, and cry together and pray together, like you said, sis. Like really dive deep. And in that book that you and I both have, is it what is it? Not the discernment of spirits, um, um, prayers shoot. for spiritual warfare for the Thank light. Thank you. You said like how important it is to pray that with your spouse, and I was speaking with yes, some older, and out loud, yeah, and out loud. I was speaking with some older um, holy women in my mind um, recently here like much older, like 20 years older than I, and they all said this. And so you should go tell Johnny this. You guys should be proud of yourselves. They said, I wish 
that I knew to pray with my spouse early on in marriage. And I mean like improv prayer, like how we do, like, let me pray over you type thing. Yeah. Because yeah. right now I'm trying to get a Hail Mary out of them. Like I'm trying to just say, hey, can we pray a rosary? Yeah. And you know right. those people will be like when you're older, like, Hail Mary, Father Grace, Lord, with you, blessed are that. Like they can't <laughs> even say it fast enough because there's no – um it's not comfortable. It doesn't feel right. And so I think early on, um, starting these hard things like discernment of spirits and spiritual direction and praying with one another, like think how much that will help us 20 years from now when, when times are tough, we don't know. Exactly. And I think like, um, we're part of this group that I've talked about a few times called teams of our lady. And there's always every month there's like, um, an endeavor that you have to try as a couple. And then you come back and you talk about it with the group. And one of them that is a reoccurring one is, you know, intercessory prayer and then like group prayer. And then this big thing called like the sit down, which is like you sit down and you basically are, you, you force each other to sit down for like an hour and basically talk about anything that has ever been on your heart about the other person. And it can be good. It can be like, yeah, I've bottled this up for like a year about you, or I've bottled this up since the day we got married. And, and then we come back as a group and we talk about it. But if it had not been for teams of our lady, I don't think Johnny and I would have adopted the practice of saying like, like it's only been in this past year. I'll be honest that I've been Mm -hmm. like, I am so scared about that. I'm so worried about this. Can you pray over me right now? Like I never said that before ever. No. Wow. Um, that's beautiful, sis. And even still, it still feels a little like foreign. Like, yeah. Like, okay, this is new for us. It's not like totally. I feel like, oh my gosh, pray over me right now. It's almost like I feel a little nervous to ask you to pray with me, mm-hmm. but then you do. And it's like, I feel so much more peace. So peace. Um and he'll even say it too. He'll be like, I, I can't sleep. Like, will you pray with me? And Aww. so I think that it becomes something that the more you do it, the more comfortable you feel. You have to try it, especially when like a spouse comes to you or a friend or someone like B and I talk about this, like, I'm really struggling. I can't shake this feeling. Like, you know, all of us have these moments. And instead of being like, well, did you try this? Did you do this? Like, well, what did you think about this? Like, you know, you give them like things to do almost, or you just listen. Why can't we just drop everything in that moment? And I should take this into my marriage and just be like, Colin, wait, like before we speak any longer, let's yeah. invite him let's in pray. Yeah. and let me just pray whatever comes in yes. this moment yes. instead of me taking it away later into my little prayer time and saying, yeah. please God, heal my husband. Why don't no, no, I no. help with this? Why yes. don't I help? Right. Cause there's power in speaking right then in the that moment. You're so right. Oh, it's so good. And it's so easy to be like, I'll pray for you. And please, I love when people say that. I don't mean that in a way, but I struggle. I don't always go back and pray for that person. I forget sometimes. Right, right. Yeah. So you guys, I love that we were able to um, kind of break down these first three for us. And and I, B and I keep wanting to go deeper into all of these different rules and just learning more about Ignatian spirituality. Um, so we, we would love to like keep this conversation going for sure. 
Yes. So we will be back here next week going over the next three rules. Um, But if you have never heard of discernment of spirits or his 14 rules, we recommend that you, you know, check them out, read them over and join us next week where we'll dive into the next three rules. Um, Mm -hmm. Also super exciting. Um, At the end of this week, we're going to be making a big announcement about our next retreat um, and also um, putting out a little application for speakers. So any woman interested in possibly being a speaker for us, we've had quite a few people reach out to us um, informally. So we decided to make a formal process where you can apply to be a speaker in 2022 at one of our retreats. Um, so the best way to get all that information is to go to our website, unraveledpodcast.net and to subscribe to our email list um, today and you will get an email very soon about all this information. Yes, we're so excited, you guys. 2022 is going to be awesome. I I feel like we should, I just want to announce all these things right now. I'm just so excited. And we can't wait to see who's speaking next time and it's, it's getting awesome. We're also officially on Baby Watch for Ken's, so yes. keep her and Baby Watkins in your prayers, boy or girl. What are we feeling, Ken's, as we get closer to the finish line? Sis, we're wrong every time. What am I supposed <laughs> to say? I, I never know. I'm always wrong. I think, well, it, I, think it, I don't know, another sister? I we need know. to do a poll. We'll do a poll on Unraveled Podcast. Yeah, oh, that'll be in our email. Look out for the poll. <laughs> Who is Baby Watkins? Well, thanks for listening, guys. And definitely check out the um, Discernment of Spirits, Ignatian Spirituality. And we cannot wait to chat with you again next week. Amen. Thanks for listening to Unraveled Podcast. To stay a part of the conversation, follow us on Instagram at Unraveled Podcast or on Spotify at The Unraveled Podcast. Thanks for listening.